0: to get started and to help the podcast thank you very much have a great day and enjoy the
1: show another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help for your financial to-dos bank of america has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24 7 in our mobile banking app
2: Simply go to Geico.com or contact your local agent today.
1: This This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
3: Uh, it's episode something or other, it doesn't matter because we've just smashed Manchester City, the best team in Europe, in the Champions League quarterfinal. Ch- just let me just say that again to you boys. The Champions League quarterfinal, this isn't Spurs of old where we, we dreamed of qualifying for the European competitions by the fair play. This is the quarterfinal of the Champions League against the best team in Europe, Manchester City, And we've beat them 1-0. But not only beat them, control the game and force it in a way that makes it something watchable. They got creepied. Thelonious Filth. What's up? Surmise the game in 30 seconds.
4: How do you feel? feel um, feel on top of the world, mate. Um, It's difficult to really surmise a game. I just think that the game plan and the fans are just behind the team and the fans just roared them on. Just that wall of noise. And I just don't. I just think I think Pepper's just really negative, and I think the boys are just brilliant, all 11 of them, including the subs. And, um, yeah, they got whopped. See, it was, uh, Rick, sorry, it was a World war wall noise, was not it? Yeah, it was, uh, it was incredible, really.
5: I mean, after the, the, the difference between that game and the Palace game, uh, I think so. For the Palace game, we're all a bit nervous that it's the first. Uh, game back in the new stadium. Everyone's just uh, getting used to the surroundings, taking pictures, whatever. Um, and we didn't want to lose the first game. And now we've got that kind of far, off our back. It was um, into this game. It was, as you say, in Champions League, quarterfinals, Manchester City, and uh, under the lights, we knew it's, it was a big occasion. and um, And it delivered. And I, I think that just from the beginning to the end... Uh, it was constant. Um, it, it was just like a swirling hurricane of noise that was just swirling around the stadium. Um, and, and it didn't stop. And it was just such a, a, an amazing and intense feeling. It, it was it was incredible. I, I,
3: so this is one of the things. Like, the, the Palace game was great. And, and the atmosphere at the Palace game was so much better than the games against Palace that I experienced at White Hart Lane in the last yep. five or six years have been. Like, the atmosphere was better than, than those experiences because we had the new stadiums, our first game back in the Premier League, and it was all great. But <clears throat> that atmosphere was something else. Like, it wasn't... It, you know, every 90 minutes there's a dip in atmosphere and there's bits and pieces where people are concentrating on the game. Like, there was periods where City was starting to get a, a foothold and and when a team like City does get a foothold against Spurs... People are not naturally going to just start singing any other song. They want to concentrate on the game and be cautious about what what they're doing. And you know the the, the way a human body works is that you can't be uh, kind of you can't just exude positivity all the time. When David Silva's got the ball in the box, you're not going to be start singing "Oh When the Spurs." But yeah. in, in the lulls where atmosphere tends to to find itself tends to fester, it was at those point that, that those moments that you you heard Spurs fans singing.
5: Yeah,
3: go on. T. Yeah,
4: yeah. Um, I mean, there's a bloke sat there, myself and Bardy, who was banging the wall, kind of like creating a drum, a drum type sound. Yeah, and it just kept people going. You know, I know there's been all sorts of arguments about drums, but you know, the fans are just really, really up for it from you know from the get go, and we just weren't going to be denied. Um, I mean, there's been a lot said about the German atmosphere; it's just a constant noise. It's just, a, I guess, the point was just a drone. But I didn't feel like that yesterday at all. I just felt like, you know, fair enough, I probably sang about four songs throughout the entire game. But still, it was just it was just absolutely glorious. And then um, seeing the limbs, I kind of wished for a split second I sat in the north so I could see what it looked like. This is the entire war, just losing their shit when so someone I'm, scored. So
3: I I had the ticket for this game, but I'd, I'd pre-arranged to go and see my mum. She'd just moved to Devon and this has been in the book for a long, long time. So I couldn't be there as much as I wanted to to, to be, um, but even like from watching it on telly, it you couldn't see the limbs. It was just obviously focused on sun and the way the camera angle was that you couldn't see it. How how mental did it go in the stands when we did get that goal? Because this was just off the back of a, a sustained period of pressure from 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 City, but also. You know, we just lost Harry Kane as well. So, like, what, what was it like when that ball went in? Can can anyone, like Rick, can you explain it to me? What, what kind of bedlam w- w- are we talking about?
5: Yeah. So, um, when uh, like watching back, it was so the ball came over to uh, over to Sonny, and then when uh, we kind of we didn't know whether it had gone over the line or not, and it, we we carried on playing. And I think people's minds kind of like oh, is it going to be another VAR decision or something like that? Um, And then as he uh, shifted it uh, back over to his left foot um, and smashed it in, it was at that point, because at that point, I don't think Spurs were on top or we expected a goal.
3: No, it was Um, definitely very much against the run and play at that point. For the the 10 minutes preceding the goal, City had very much gained a football it.
5: Exactly. So So we didn't see that coming. Um, and so when that went in, it was the sheer relief. And as I kind of uh, was jumping around with everyone else, I, I, I looked to my uh, to the left hand side, and um, I could see people um, people you know the safe standing bit. Yeah. People were standing on the, those bars <laughs> on the bars. Uh, yeah, on the <laughs> bars, and they were just like right, jumping mate. up and down, and people. Uh, were holding them by their waists of their jeans as they're, like, lofting them up like a returning, like, victorious hero from war or something <laughs> like that, just, just smashing them up up and down in the crowd. <laughs> it was absolutely wicked. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then, uh, like, every, the thing is as well, right, um, like, with uh, safe standing and, and stuff like that, even though um, it, it obviously it is safe, um, but it was still – um, as bad uh, when you were in the old park lane of people knocking into like my dad just jumped on me and then the geezer next to me jumped on me like everyone's still piling at each other and it is oh man it was so good so good
3: yeah man it, it sounds what about you T how, how, how did you uh, how did you deal with that experience you, you was also in the south down weren't you
4: yeah but I had a better view of the golden rickety because I saw it didn't go out but in the previous I think City might have been attacking and son. Came off because he was limping, so I'm thinking, God, he's absolutely fucked. we just lost Kane. So, so, I, so see,
3: did, did he score? Did, did he score a goal after that? Because I remember. Yes. Oh wow, I'm
4: fairly certain he did. I mean, I don't think I. You might be right. It. You might be right. Yeah. So he limps back on the pitch, and then um, so I think it might be a minute, or it might be in the same passenger play. <laughs> so the ball gets lifted to him, and I saw he kept it in because where we I stand is kind of on the corner, and I can I'm almost in line with the goal line. So I can see they'd kept it in. And then when he smashed it in, everyone just went mental. And um, I sit, so me and Callum sit next to each other. And on my left, I think the bloke's by himself. And he just jumped at me. Everyone is just going absolutely mental. And so I'm celebrating going mad. You know, I'm seeing everyone everywhere, seeing limbs everywhere. And then I look up at the scoreboard and it says VAR. But I had no nerves at all because I knew, one, that he kept it in. And two, that it wasn't offside. So I didn't have any nerves about the about goal not being given. T, it was, have you watched it back since? Uh, no, right. Watch the Danny Rose so, arm off.
3: <laughs> yeah, we're going to come on to that, but there, there is no way from your position in the stand that you could tell whether Son was on or offside. The ball going out, I can give you, but the offside was so close, it's it's unreal. He basically, his whole arm was offside, but you can't score with your arm, so that doesn't I count. Didn't, I didn't think he was, I mean... No, 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 I, I sorry, T, you, you're right, he wasn't, but... The fact that you was so, like well, I was watching it back and I'd watched the replay a couple of times and yeah. I'm like I can't tell because firstly what the VAR did two things for that goal they checked whether the ball had gone out of play clearly had not yeah. and then the second they went back to check whether the offside and his shoulder was directly in line with uh, one whatever sort of monkey defender they had I can't say that kind <laughs> of that. sorry That's what do you have now yeah I'm not editing it either because
5: I think... it takes a long
3: time. But the uh...
5: Uh, to 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 say and to uh, to to divert um, the I didn't think there. Like it's only now that we're having this conversation that have I realised that there was uh, a call that it could have been offside. I thought the the VAR call was for the ball going out of play. No, they reviewed.
3: They reviewed both. To
5: be fair, thank God I didn't know that at the time. Then nothing back. I did think it was
4: for the ball going out. No, uh, I don't, I not don't, I don't think it was offside. I didn't think that was a, that's what the VAR was for. They should probably put that on the screen.
3: Yeah, they should do and let and let's, let's talk about that because obviously within 5 minutes city have a penalty. And I again you like watching in the stadium it's very difficult to see the uh the intricacies of these these moments. But I was watching it on telly and I could see everything in HD, glorious HD. And um I didn't notice that Rose had the ball would even hit Rose's hand. Let alone that it was could even be conceived as a penalty. No one in the box reacted in the way that it was a penalty. Spurs fans didn't. Uh, so Spurs players didn't kind of revolve around uh, Danny Rose. The City players just, uh, in fact, Danny uh, is it David Silver left it to bounce for a, a corner, uh, corner, and I was just expecting to face a corner, and then. There was it just the camera panned to the referee, who I thought overall had a very good game. Uh it panned, panned to the referee's fingers in his ear, and you know what that means. And he runs off to the side of the pitch. He watches it back and back. And what he sees is the ball gets struck by Sterling. But Daddy Rose tries to block it. His arm is about you know, he's is in not in an unnatural position as we know the law to be previously, but apparently in January it changed to if you make your body bigger than it, is, then it should be, i.e. any part of the um, of the area that the ball hits, if it isn't your natural body shape, no, if it's bigger than your natural body shape, then that should be given as a penalty. And that's that's the rule, and that's what the referee followed. And in if that rule is the way we're doing things, then yes, it's a penalty. But my issue with it is, this is the way that people have been blocking the ball since time immemorium, since the game begin began. In fact, actually, it's more a technically precise way of blocking the ball, because we know that you can't block the ball when the arm is in an unnatural position. So you can't spread your arms wide. But what you can do is 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 is, is, is as long as you're falling in a natural way, as which Danny Rose did and Aravero did next to him, they fell in a in a natural way. If you do that and the ball strikes your arm, then it's not a penalty. But in the new the new rule would suggest that the only way you could purely block a shot, and Burnley fans are going to going mental about this, if the only way you can block your shot is if your arms are tucked behind your back, and if that that's going to that's going to reduce the amount of uh, it's going to reduce the tools that are available to defenders to play the game the way they've, they've been taught to play since they were children. T, what do you think?
4: Well, you think about the previous round of Man VPSG... PSG. Um, Kim Bembe, I think last minute he gave away that penalty. You know, no help, broke loose. Mm. But according to the laws of the game, it's a penalty. Um, at the time, Gundawan was preparing to take a corner. He was getting rubber bands flicked at him, but I didn't know what was going on. So I, I didn't even look looked up at the screen. And when I saw it was VAR, I knew it was going to be a penalty because I saw it, I saw it hit his hand. But my instinct, having watched the game for all these years, is that it's not a penalty. But when I saw it was VAR, I thought they're going to give that because. What else could they have called it back for?
3: Well, everybody, all all of the pundits, and these are people that have been watching football for a long, long time, said it was never a penalty. And and yeah, but they're, bit, not,
4: they're they're not refs, though, are they? No,
3: no, they're absolutely not refs. But my point is, is that you're, you're these people are changing the rules of the game and making it confusing for the very people that fund the entire thing. So fans are watching the game that they pay for, either in the stands or via subscriptions. If they're changing. Uh, if they're changing rules that we can't understand or are completely unaware of, then they're affecting uh, the products. If you look at it in a purely business sense, they're affecting the products because the pundits don't understand, Gary Lineker doesn't understand, the fans in the stadium don't understand, I at home watching it with millions around the in the globe don't understand. If
5: Yeah, if- I mean, um, for, for me, w- w- while I was there... Um, again uh, I saw the block come in I saw the ball cannon off uh, off rows and just waiting for the ball to go out for a corner um, and then just kind of uh, leaning on the, the, the safe standing bar and just watching the game play out and then all of a sudden like I didn't even see that VAR had uh, was being checked on the screen um, all I saw was the ref blow his whistle Point to the penalty spot, and then the Man City fans going mad. And I, it, it felt to me like there was no connection because I hadn't seen uh, the ball had hit Rose's hand or his arm or whatever. I just thought it was some some random pen- penalty call, that and I couldn't understand what was going on. And then afterwards, uh, you see kind of uh, the replays and see on uh, Twitter or text messages or, or whatever. <laughs> Um, but I, I was as confused as most people were in the stadium, as people were in the studio. And as you say, people around the world. And, uh, to, to be honest, like, like you're saying, um, you know, to, to follow the letter of the law and um, the ball hit his hand, say it's a penalty. And the thing is with this, it's, it's always open to interpretation. And we, we would say, oh, has he raised his hand to, to, uh, to make himself bigger, or make himself bigger, or anything like that. Yeah, but, um, but, that's, but Rick, that's, Rick, that, I, that's down I, to, that's down to in. interpretation. Yeah, Rick,
3: like, it, like people are like talking about this, like, oh, it's down to the letter of the law. So it's the letter of the law, as we know, in a wider society outside of football. The letter of the law doesn't mean it's a good thing or it's be, it's beneficial to the wider, wider good, the wider game, or wider society. Sometimes the letter of the law fucks things up and makes things worse. And, I, and yeah. You know, I I I celebrated the goal. I celebrated the goal, and I was like, "Fucking yes, we got ahead of them. We got we, we've we've scored a goal. It's incredible." And then it was like, oh, no, now it's bir check." Actually, no. Fuck your celebration. Let's make sure that this is a hundred percent correct in the eyes of the law, which, in my opinion, actually detracts from the the greater good of what football is. And it, it, yeah, it, it fucked me off. It's like, who gives a fuck about being right in the eyes of the law? If you take away the moment of scoring against Manchester City in the Champions League quarterfinal, the first time we've been ahead in the quarterfinal of the Champions League in the history of our football club or the history of its formation as the Champions League, and that was taken away from us because oh, let's make the correct decision. Fuck off.
5: Yeah, I mean, um, I, I'm I, I'm not a fan of it at the moment. I, I do see benefits in in, in some cases, but. I think the more that it that it goes on, and like especially like um, like yesterday, and or if you're watching from home or, or whatever, and we score a goal, and you start to you start to become reserved because you don't let yourself go fully because you don't know w- what's going to be called and if it if it's going to be a VAR call or, or, or what's going to happen, and and as well if you're at the ground, you don't know whether to go mad because you got the city fans next year and if the ref blows and says, "Oh, like, well, yeah, you're gonna side, get they they, out. you look like a dick, yeah. So it's like great, so am I supposed to celebrate at 60% because I don't want to look like a dick and I don't want to get too involved because I've got to wait for the, you know, the goal line technology or whatever to to say so. But I think it completely does, uh, at the moment, whether or not that uh, they uh, iron out the creases in in, uh, the the more contentious issues and this, that and the other, and it runs a lot smoother because it has just come in, but... um, I have to I have to say I'm not uh, unarmoured with it at the moment.
3: No. No. um How do you... Uh, so, uh, how are you taking the Harry, Harry Kane no, news? Because uh, uh, as it stands, he's having a scan. We know what it's like. He's had a twisted ankle. He's not going to come back with it by the end of the season. And if he does, it's the very end.
4: Uh-
5: what the fuck happened, man? Uh, I mean...
4: You tried to uh, you tried to chop Dolph and
5: came off second work, second best. Yeah, he went. What, it, why did he try? Why did he try that though? Is it as him and Delf it? Yeah, I, I I didn't know if him and Delph had a, a nah. bit of a feud nah. or something.
4: stood over him, which was a bit weird. So. No, so yeah, yeah he stood yeah, over it's... him and
5: started having a go. That's Whatever what I thought. Was, there might have been.
3: There was a 50-50 ball, um, and I I think in this instance, sometimes there's a 50-50 ball when there's nothing to gain from either player. And then it's about temperament and will and desire. And while there's nothing to game in any, any kind of tactical advantage, it's about which side, which player, de- de- desires this more. And, you know, if you have saw Delph sort of pussy out of it or, you know, put his foot behind and, and Kane went through it and just won, won or, or, you know, conceded that throw in, but it showed that we were really ready to fight for every ball. And we've talked about it so many times. Like, so many pr- pr- people... It talks about oh, like win every ball. Have so much desire for every fucking ball. Go into everything as if your life depended on it, and that's what Kane did. And yeah, and you know he won nothing by doing it, but he demonstrated the mentality throughout those eleven players and Pochettino for, for that game. And the reason why he won it was because of the attitude that Kane displayed when he went in with with Delph. Now, the problem was was that when Kane went in. He was in a, a lesser position, so he had to do more to win that ball, whereas Delf was coming in from the side. And as he did it, like mo- most players who didn't have biscuit ankles like Kane does, they would have, have been <laughs> all right. But Delf went through him. And, it, you know, that, like, it was full-blooded from Kane. You can understand the frustration from Delf. He stood over him afterwards and Kane like, nah, fuck my ankle. Uh I, I I so to me it took I I looked at that as uh Delph being a supremely limited footballer and, and the, the god of men, Kane uh going through him and Delph looked at him as like, you know, I'm in the presence of holiness right now. I better make a
5: show of it and then call him a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what uh, what did, what did annoy me, right? Um and it happened with Kane's uh, last injury as well, like he um he limped off uh, himself and there was no stretcher, there was no one uh, taking him off and when he was limping down the tunnel, he had his arms around some geezers. I can't remember who it was. And his, like, hurt leg is just flopping about everywhere. It's like, fucking <laughs> hell, man. Like Strap out. It, it was like the equivalent of, like, a hot dog being <coughs> held together by, by that last bit of skin. And it's just <laughs> flopping along. It's like, fucking put some like, straps on it, boy. You know, yeah, like, I'd, you're
3: going to make it worse. I don't think there was any time to decide. It was just, like, like get him down the tunnel. Get him in the hot bath. all that's on his his mind
4: a cold bath will fix this (laughs) probably made it worse (laughs)
3: Um, so as any so we've experienced this before with Kane going off with an ankle injury it's always the same injury same thing whether it's the right or the left doesn't matter we know he's susceptible to this but every single time Spurs have bounced back every time every single time we have not our form hasn't been affected or our results haven't been affected by Kane not being in the side and then in this microcosm of a single game of football, we were challenged again. Kane went off, our talisman came and got uh, Man City sort of G'd on by it and trying to play their football. And up steps Min Song to score a goal that means that we, we take an advantage, if it is that, into the game against City at the Etihad. Do, is there any part of you that fears for the rest of the season because we don't have
4: Harry Kane to play there? I think, um, I think the thing with having Kane on the pitch is that he takes so many knocks and he holds the ball up so much. You think about the England game against um, Colombia in the World Cup where he didn't score, but he just absolutely worked his socks off. And um, if you put in Son or Lucas in that kind of, well, obviously they're not going to play for England, but there's games where Kane had led the line by himself and Son and Lucas can't really do that. So that's, that's my concern. Is that they 2 can't hold the ball up as much. Maybe it's maybe it'll be a case of Delhi playing the cane role or the four to nine because he's got a bit more weight to him and he can hold the ball. up. He's got a bit more of a physical presence. But no, I think we'll be I think we'll be fine. I think we'll be fine. Um, I'm nervous about the game next week. Um, I have said it's going to be a bit, probably going to be a massacre, but I'm going to enjoy last night as long as I can.
3: I don't, I, so I, I,
4: that's the spirit
3: too. Look, that's the way he feels That's the way, and, and I don't doubt that that's the way the majority of people feel and even Pochettino said that City take the advantage into the second leg and I don't know if he's playing mind games there um, and, you know, he has to look at it realistically. If he had come out and said, we are wonderful, we're going to win the Champions League, we have Smash City and there's no issues here. Everyone will be looking at him like, what the fuck is going on? But the fact <laughs> that he knows, and we all know as fans, that a 1-0 win at home against a team like City isn't a huge advantage. It's better than 0-0. It's better than losing the game, undoubtedly, and it's probably more than most of us expected out of it, hence yeah. the kind of reaction to it. But the fact he's going to the Etihad with 1-0 isn't guaranteed at all. But I take a huge amount of... Uh, positivity from our performance at Anfield and if you look if you, if you compare the two if you compare the two Liverpool and Man City are not playing great football really they they they're not playing within they're playing within themselves and not i, I almost feel like they've they both of them have blown their load too early and they they've blown their load so much so that they that, that no one else can catch them in the end of the Premier League season but I feel like their cup performances, and certainly the the performance against Spurs for, uh, at Anfield, gives me hope going going to the Etihad. In that the the big the big question isn't about Tottenham now; it's about City. Can they replicate the form that got them into the position where they're challenging for the quadruple, or will they flake under the pressure of a supreme football side that is Tottenham Hotspur?
4: Well, what you've got to kind of recognise is that. De Bruyne and um, Sane came on in the 89th minute so there was that he kind of been a bit of a negative team I don't see him making the same mistake next week but having, having, having said that for the last three for the last three games we have played very well um, the Liverpool result was undeserved and we are in a good run of form people say you know we've lost games uh, was it one win in seven before yesterday but we are playing well players are coming into form um, you know, so much has been said about Ericsson, but he's had what two assists and a goal in two in the last two games. So yep. we can definitely go up there. There's, there's not that much pressure on us. Nothing's expected of us next week, and hopefully we can use that to our advantage. And if we score first, then sky's the limit. Sky's the limit.
5: So like, for me, um, I- I'm still absolutely buzzing from that re- from that result yesterday. And uh, in typical style, heart on the sleeve. Um, I- I- I'm blinded by the Tottenham lights. And um, I, I think so. we're uh, Us going up there, we're we're the ones um, in the driving seat. So it's going to be hard going up there. But we're one nil up, and the thing is, they have to beat us. We we can draw up there, um, uh, uh, and also get the win up there. we've got um, to go. With? It's, it's going to be a tall order, but uh, I've seen loads of positives. And the thing is, we've been we've been we've been to City twice as well uh, uh, on two occasions that I can remember. And beaten them there, the, the time when we qualified for the Champions League under uh, Redknapp, and it was uh, out of both teams, why, you know, whoever won was going through, and we went up there and we won. And that was amazing. And then when uh, Ericsson scored as well, up there, going up there. Um, so I, I, I do not fear going up to City and trying to get a result up there. I know how good they are. I know the players they've got. I know the manager and stuff like that. But at the moment, I'm just like... You know uh, the the famous fight scene in The Matrix where he puts out his hand and waves him to come on. Yeah, I'm like I'm like that at the moment. Like, Nemo, just just fucking no, bring Nemo. it, mate. Neo. Just bring Nemo it. for fuck's sake. Nemo, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jesus yeah. Nemo. Christ.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> Wow,
3: Neo, Neo, uh, Neo. Yeah, yeah just, no, just like that. Just like fucking come on, you son. Um, Football flags UK says how close was last night's atmosphere to um, the north. Uh, so the new white lane's for t- full potential, or how, how? Better, I think the better question is: is how do you compare it from, say, Inter Milan at, at the old white lane to to what happened
4: last night? Oh, go on, Ricky. Um,
5: that's that's a, that's a really good question, actually. Um, did it feel great, Rick? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so for the the Inter game, um, from what I remember, it 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 was. It's a lot different because it is it, it, because you're not in those grand settings as like when you're in the new stadium. It's like the the tiers are going up as far as the eye can see, uh, the bright LED lights on the advertising boards and uh, the huge screens. Everything is just you know super sized, and you're looking around, and it's like a, a huge grand event. And uh, White Hart Lane, it was like you know dingy and dirty and small, um, but the noise was like really wound up as well. And we, um, where I used to sit, I was like on the pitch and where i'm sitting now i'm row 14 but i'm still where i'm sitting it's like i've got beautiful seats man and i'm still right on the pitch but for noise it's just like you could feel um the old white Hart lane it felt a bit uh like kind of uh, a bit tinny and then in this stadium it felt um it's hard to describe like it was like it was almost uh it was oh, it was obviously louder, but thicker. It's like you could hear there was more voices, obviously. Mm. But it's it's hard to describe. Uh, comparing it's the, two. the atmosphere
3: is almost like more ambient. It's loud. Yeah, but it's yeah, more yeah, ambient. yeah. There's
5: more. La- it's like there's more layers. There's, there's there's different different things going on. You can almost like pick different bits out. It's crazy.
3: T, what what do you think?
4: Uh, I think. It's difficult to compare. It's apples and oranges. The old stadium was very much closed in. Um, I remember you guys talking about the Arsenal 5-1. I mean, I wasn't at that game myself, but they felt the ground actually shake. That added a bit of something when the ground... I think at the Inter Milan game, I think when the third goal went in, I did feel the ground shake as well. With the new ground, (laughs) it just feels so much more vast. Um... I mean, I was nowhere near where the stewards were. You know, probably watching in the video by another stewards having to fight some fans. Yes, yeah, so I, I, was, I was nowhere near that, so I can't really say for certain. But for me, I was, it was, it was awesome. What
3: was, that, what was that about, T? Because I know you posted a couple of videos in the, in the WhatsApp group. It looked like there were some stewards that were kind of having a go or getting fed up with, with Spurs fans. Was this at the divide between the city and Spurs?
4: Uh, I'm not sure. I, I think it was in the north. So I'm if, not sure what. I'm not sure what triggered that. I think it might have been persistent standing.
5: I think, I think it, I think it was in the north, and I think it was a persistent standing. But I think uh, from what I could gather, it was, um, it weren't like they were st- like you got where, where you've got uh, the stand or the block. They were standing like um, a quarter of the way up, so it wasn't like they were right at the front and standing, mm. so people could see over them. They were like bang. Uh, where writing people's eye lines so the people in front of them were maybe sitting down they were standing up then the people behind were sitting down and couldn't see and um, maybe the stewards came in and got a bit heavy handed or whatever that's what it looks like from the video what, but I've seen also seen conversations as well that, of that happening what, what I find
3: weird is that a steward would care so much about sitting, getting someone to sit down they're ready to fight like, yeah
5: it's weird isn't it man like, there's
3: very few times in my entire life that I was ready to fight someone because I felt so, like, offended or, you know, put in a situation where I felt like I'd do nothing else. Very few times in 37 years. But this steward, as as T says many times, and I love this expression, for him to die on the hill of getting people to sit down at a game, like I like keep saying, the quarterfinal of the Champions League. And he were not it was like, I get to the, that these people get to the point where they feel like they've been insulted enough by by fans to get to the point. But the video I saw is, was completely unnecessary. And I've seen stewards... I, I think there's a misconception by football that stewards are the kind of bastions of what's right and wrong in the stadium. They're not. Absolutely not. They're human beings that are reactive, like anyone else. And the the, the, the stewards that got smashed up in in Dortmund when we went over there because we were nearly fucking squashed to death because they wouldn't let us through because they were taking orders from some prick in some tower somewhere they got smashed up for a good reason. Sometimes, even within White Art Lane or in British Football Stadium, Stadia, that if someone's behaving like a prick, they deserve a clump in the same way that any member of the public, if they're behaving like a prick, deserves a clump.
4: The, the thing of these people, I mean, many, many moons ago, I was a steward, and you've there's, there's got the stewards, you've got the people who do security, the people who actually physically chuck people out. And these guys just wanted to fight, to be fair. Mm. <laughs> they weren't there to, to you know, to, to control the crowd they just wanted to fight and the geezer with the beard if you've seen the video you know I'm talking about he looked like he was there to, to fight people because he was physically pulling people out of their seats there were kids there it was a bit of a shambles but I think as Body said in the, la- in the last but I think it will be at least a year before all these teething problems are kind of what, you know, wiped out yeah what the club needs to understand it, and it will take time is
3: they're employing people to manage a situation and I'm going to talk to the trust about this, and so maybe we could do a pod about it, but they're employing people to manage the situation, not to exacerbate it, not to, to make things worse. If fans are not sitting down, and they're refusing to sit down, and it's en masse, then it's up to the club to sort that out as an, as an issue, if they believe one that they're, again, willing to die on a hill about. It's not up to the stewards, who have been paid, God knows what they've been paid, to become the gods of the, the football stand, and say, look, look, our employees, I know you know i I'm, I'm not a Spurs fan I've never set foot in this stadium, but um, I've just had a meeting with some bloke in um in uh, in some office, and basically he's made me believe it that it's my dying right to make you sit down. It's my job to make you sit down, so therefore i'm going to pull you out your seat and 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 not even like thinking about the fact that these people have waited so long to get in there. And just to embrace the football culture that we've had at White Hart Lane before it was even built, to, to to then think that you're the the guy who's going to change the world of standing at football when you shouldn't be standing is perfect, and he needs to be yeah. pulled out.
5: I, I, I wonder if um, I mean, like, just reading between the lines here. Uh, I wonder if because we've um, we've gone from thirty six thousand to sixty two and there's three tiers and we need to employ a shitload more stewards that because it was nearing the time and they were try, try, they're trying to get people in trying to get them trained trying to get uh you know qualified as stewards or whatever it is they need to do that they've kind of rushed it and just got like anyone who's applied and not vetted properly or even when they've done their briefings that they've like uh, you need to make people uh, sit down and people have interpreted it as in mate sit down now he's not sitting down oh, okay i'll just go back to my block then, and just yeah. not bother. Or someone's coming and been like, "Yeah, you, you know, uh, I, 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 I've been I, I've been tasked with making people sit down, and that is what I'm gonna do." So you don't know how people have picked it up, but I'd be interested to see what comes out of the club or anyone after seeing those videos from those stewards because that is crazy.
3: Yeah, and what I'd hope is it from the trust position would be that if a fan is caught throwing a punch at one of these arseholes that he gets off the hook because that was 50-50. That's, that's one human being being a prick to another human being. And, in, and you see that in the streets. Like if you're getting punched or getting attacked and you defend yourself and knock someone's spark out, you don't get done by it. So I, I, I'd expect the same treatment by the club. And, you know, like this fucking, this wasn't an issue at White Lane. You never saw it at White Lane. So why does a new stadium create such a new issue? If it wasn't a new incentive by the people that the power brokers there? Or is it those like fucking jobs worth at so the Harringay Safety Advisory whatever they're called, SAB. If, if their job's going, look, we're gonna shut down your stand. you've got a brand new stadium, you've built that oh, you've re- regenerated the entire area, we're gonna shut down your stands if you if you don't make your, your, your fans sit down. If that's is, is that the where where is this where is this um where is this, uh, this force to change the behaviour, again, of football fans coming from? I don't know. No, no, no idea. idea. Anyway, look, we've got so many questions, but we've been going on for so long. And, um, and uh, obviously, I want to get back to my holiday. You've got to talk about Hugo, mate. Oh, shit, yeah, let's do it. Hugo Luis, redemption. <laughs> the third penalty save. Penalty save uh, What was it Was he having an argument With uh, um, John Bass wasn't it, On a previous pod Who One of us was, He was talking about The um, That he was shit Before the, the penalty saves The recent penalty saves He's done too, And now he's done oh, yeah.
4: Something about the amount Of errors he made Leading to goals Yeah
3: before that we were terrible But yeah. like You know He talks about the amount Of errors leading to goals And he saved What against uh, Who did he save against It was Leicester
4: the, and Arsenal
3: Yeah Amazing and, and that, that, that save last night did did genuinely turn the game. Could he could th- get us through the entire time?
5: Yeah, I think, um, like, after kind of like when the game started and everyone's a bit nervous and the crowd's going and stuff like that. And then within like 10 minutes, we concede a penalty and, and through bizarre. Uh, at the time, it felt bizarre. Um, situation and then uh obviously agrero steps up and agrero buries penalties
1: yeah um
5: and then uh and then hugo saved it and then someone came out i, I, I can't remember it may have been toby to come out and then just uh booted it out and Tom cleared it. it um and the noise from Lloris saving it so th- there was the the noise of the ball smacking uh his hands and being palmed out that I, I heard crystal, I uh, heard crystal clear, and then the roar afterwards was incredible. It, it was like someone lit a fire under that stadium from that point yeah. in, and it was just turned up another notch. And I like, if you were Larice like you would have been like shitting it, like this huge roar got up behind you. It's, it, yeah. I was like, "Fuck, man, this is it. This is it." It, it was after that. It was, it was amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, I think um, what I've noticed Hugo doing now, what I, how I think he saved his
4: penalties, is that he's kind of wait, waiting, um, he waits for um, the striker before he would try and divert and often go the wrong way. But I think he sacked out uh about by in his line long, as long as he could. And when he made the save, I think it's just a lot of disbelief, especially from where I was. I didn't realise he'd saved it until about till a good two seconds after he'd done it. I just presumed McGregor was going to score because. One of the things I think all fans felt was that um, if City score early, it could be a bloody massacre. And when they gave the penalty away, for fuck's sake, we don't need this. And then when he made the save, it was just amazing.
3: What do you think the uh, reaction like to Danny Rose after all this shit that's gone on before him? Like he, well, what do you think his performance first, and uh, and was there? Did you feel kind of groundswell of support for him? T?
4: Um. I thought he did good yesterday. Um, did you like
3: the bit when he smashed Fernandinho in his face?
4: Yeah, the rugby palm-off. I like a bit. that. You see more of it in football. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think there was a lot of support for Rose. I mean, I think his name was sung a couple of times and it's sung for longer than it usually would. Normally, it's just Danny, Danny Rose a couple of times, but it's sung a bit longer. And, um, yeah, I think, I think we've taken him into our bosom, you know. And
3: Again, he's, been, he's come been, back from it as well, hasn't he? Because he was in it. Then he was he was on the edges of the bra, and now he's
4: back in the bra. Yeah, he was. He was he's, he's on a naughty step. You know, we 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 we, we, um, we fix the underwire of the bra. You know, fix the bra he's, up. He's, back he's in essentially, the you know,
3: like when a bird goes on a night out and they want their bu- their, their boobs to look bigger than they are, they put a fill yeah. in.
4: That's Danny Rose yeah. right now. I thought the fans would be the filler, and Danny Rose is the tit. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know where I'm going with this, but yeah, but no, he's. I just, I just love him so much. Um, from the city side, I never don't normally like to praise the opposition. Um, I don't think Edison had a great game, although Delhi did clatter him. But his anticipation is something not to see in the flesh. It really is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and um, also the tactical fouls. Did you notice it, Ricky? Uh, yeah, yeah, I
5: did. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's um, so annoying. Yeah, it, it, that, that's the thing. It is annoying, um, but it's it's those things that. Uh, when you're saying like it's a game of inches, it's it's those things, those tactical fouls, yeah. that will stop people breaking, and you've got to be really careful. And I was chatting on the way to the game um, about uh, Italians being the masters of the dark arts of yeah. feigning at the right time, or pulling shirts, or doing this, or tactical fouling. Um, and the thing is, no matter how frustrating it is against you, when you're doing it, it's great. But it also, um, that, that's how you win games, man. That is how. That's how you do it. But it is it is so frustrating. Sometimes I Not think
3: they too too Not honest. Yeah, yeah. Not last night. Maybe maybe the way to win games from now on is playing glorious flowing football on the counter. Yeah. Well, well, Pep said we were playing long balls. So fucking Oh, Pep Guardiola can fucking die in a fire.
5: Really? I, he said he said that. Yeah, he did. He said, "Oh, bitter man! What a like! What a fucking bell, man!"
4: <laughs> salty, salty. <laughs>
3: <laughs> on, uh, on on that bombshell, uh, I, I, I'm going to call it a day. But thank you, uh, Rick and T, for coming down. And um, I, I can only ima- I'm so get, like, I'm really really gutted I wasn't there last night because I had a ticket. I could have gone. Actually, I couldn't have gone because my mum would have killed me. But the, uh, it, it, you know, it, it sounded like what the new Wire Lane's been built for. It, like all of the nights we remembered back at the Wire Lane, those great times at Inter Milan. Real Madrid in, uh, sorry, in Milan, AC Milan in recent times and, yeah. um, you know, Arsenal, we're going to get many opportunities to do that again, but to have the opportunity to have the quarterfinal of the Champions League at our new stadium when the footballing world mocked us for that, that, that advert, to actually have it and then win that game. Yeah. <laughs> it's like have that to up you. Have it up you. we we're, we're walking around with massive stoncons and all you are open gaping assholes ready to get fucked.
5: <laughs>
3: that was Spurs last night in North London. God bless Indeed.
4: you. Okay man
5: all right, you. in a bit mate. Bye bye.
4: Bye.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.
2: Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto.